Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. back to action action on the bfop network my name is john and this is the podcast that watches all the action movies and puts them on our list of the greatest action movies of all time this week on the podcast we watch the 2013 bong joon ho film snowpiercer but before we get into the movie i'd like to introduce my co-hosts hello james hey that's me and hello dustin <laughs> you always get me every time <laughs> something different hey how's it going i'm good guys What's um, cracking? Not much is new. Um, I ask the same questions okay, every day in the same tone. You'd think we'd be ready for them. And every time you, I talk, it's like I'm talking in a different language. Oh, I'm glad you asked, John. Actually, um, nothing is happening. <laughs> it's the same old shit. I don't think I watched anything this week. Oh, that's wow. good. So, that'll go uh, quick then. That'll go quick. <laughs> At least I don't remember anything. Um, um, yeah, you know, just, I guess, love and life. <laughs> Thank you. So con- <laughs> convincing this guy. I don't know. I mean, I'm hyped to be here. I, I have to say, I like this movie. I feel like it's going to be hard for me to talk about this movie, but we can get into it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> James has a real strong emotional connection to this film. We're preparing ourselves for for the James take. Yeah. This film. Dustin, do you have anything that you want to <laughs> seek or destroy? Uh, yeah, I got a couple items. Not a couple. <laughs> yeah. One, no, one, one, of, pull one out your, of Max, one of each. Well, that's what I mean when pull I say I've got catalog. a couple. Pull out your catalog. Uh, seek. I've got this movie from 1980 I watched the other night called Times Square. Uh, and this is kind not of not in the nick of time. No, Ooh, nick of time. Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, takes place one. in real time. Hour and a half at a mall. <laughs> Saw that movie. Oh, it take pl- oh real time. It's so hotel. it's like it's a hotel. It's a, uh, it's, it's a, a prequel to twenty four. No, it's a, it's a hotel. hotel. Is that a convention or yeah, something? There's a politician that's going to speak, and he has to. Yeah, so like the whole movie like is supposed to take place like. So that's the prequel to twenty four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose they I like both it. sucked. <laughs> Uh, this movie, Times Square, kind of a forgotten about movie. Um, came out on, I think there was a DVD release, but it still hasn't come out on Blu-ray or anything. Don't think it's streaming anywhere, but it stars, um, well, it has Tim Curry as a radio uh, host, radio jockey guy. Um, but it's really about these two teenage girls who uh, meet at a, 
sort of neurological hospital they're being tested to see if they are like depressed and all this shit they're kind of the one girl is like a punk rocker she's a troubled girl with past the other girl is the son i'm sorry i'm sorry i just got that because i take the punk rock and mix mix it with with the the hip hop (laughs) damn it dustin (laughs) sorry man every time um the other girl is the daughter of a sort of giuliani type who wants to clean up new york he wants to clean up times square Mm. because it's Pornographic and oh, like his son. Trash. Yeah, his fucking piece of shit oligarch looking son. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Uh, this is actually pre Giuliani, but he's just like that kind of thing where he wants to mm. clean it up, make it into the nice broken window thing. syndrome. So this is like rate kind of peak in scuzzy New York. A lot mm. of shots of that. These two girls run away together. Start a punk band called the Sisters of Sleaze. And it's just really cute and fun and uh, it's actually pretty touching at times. Um, and it just got lots of great like scenery from looking mm-hmm. at that time of New York. And It's a kid's um, movie? It's kind of a kid's movie. It's like a coming of age kind of movie. But it's it's like, um, I don't know, it's just really well done. Like really fun um, and actually pretty good in its dramatic uh ways as well uh so that was really good and then my my destroy this week i am gonna say um i, tr- I just keep trying to watch david lynch movies <laughs> and it's just not working out for me really uh i watched wild at heart with nicholas cage and laura dern um willem dafoe have either of you guys seen wild at heart no. Uh, no. This was definitely more palatable to me than most of David Lynch's movies, and I've I've got this hot take. I don't really care for David Lynch in general. What? But I think that you're in the majority. Oh, are you kidding? Fucking oh, people. Okay. Everyone like yeah, okay, but jizzes fucking on this guy. David Lynch is like <laughs> fucking Christians and CrossFitters. Okay, if they love him, then they're gonna fucking tell you. <laughs> That's true. Anyway, I keep trying to get into his stuff, and I've only liked maybe a couple of his movies, but. This one, I guess, I'd say is half and half. There's there was some good stuff in this one, um, but it's just he, he. It's a lot of the stuff he does to me just seems like pre- such pretentious, like film school grad wankery, and it just kind of drives me crazy. Laura Dern is fucking awesome in this movie, though, and Nick Cage is like <laughs> perfect to be teamed up with David Lynch. I'm not. I'm surprised they didn't do it more. He has this funny line. He's this guy. He's like an Elvis. He like worships Elvis and he wears like a snakeskin jacket. And uh, he has this line where he's like, uh, he's like, have I ever told you about how this jacket represents personal freedom and my individuality? This is like the funniest fucking line because he just delivers it straight. Like it's just like some the worst dialogue you could imagine, but it's just so funny. Um, Willem Dafoe is great too. He's like the bad guy in it. Uh, but I just, I just, I don't know. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it with this guy. I mean, I watch, do you like, do you like David Lynch? You know, I, no, I mean, I don't name a good movie. I like Mulholland Drive, even though it is never seen possibly peak Lynch. So this is the thing. Like I wasn't watching David Lynch films when I was getting into movies more. I was watching like independent Kevin Smith movies style stuff. I was watching Slacker. Right. I was watching right. that kind of shit. I was more into like, you know, whatever you want to call all of those things. And then I got into like the, that West Anderson. I've never sort of pre mumblecore. I'm like proto mumblecore stuff. I was a like film guy in the sense that I was a film nerd compared to everyone around me, but I wasn't really a 
big. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I just I keep trying because everyone is always you know on and on. I watched a racer head earlier this year. Like every one of his movies has cool stuff in it, but I just it just doesn't vibe and with me. And that's the thing is like something like a racer head. I'm just like I visually don't have any interest in watching. I just I just have no interest mm-hmm. in it, and I'm not going to force myself to watch it when I have so little time. Yeah, to watch movies, I'm going to watch movies like uh, you know Universal Soldier. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Definitely uh, worth the watch. Uh, and th- that probably makes me like really lame. But True. It's, it's just, I don't know. I don't I think I've seen any of his movies. James, there's no way James would like his movies. Or th- I should try this guy out. <laughs> you wouldn't sit through. Start with Inland Empire. <laughs> okay, good luck, bud. Um, yeah. The thing is, he always gets good actors and he gets really good performances and... You know he's he's good as a director in the sense that like he always has visually interesting shit happening it's I, just yeah just i would say am i a david lynch fan i have tried to watch pink uh, sorry pink uh twin peaks three times yeah yeah so i find it really interesting and really cool but i've tried watching it three times and i just have never been able to get through it not because it's bad but because something else drew my attention away yeah it's the same way with stephen king books like I like Stephen King. I like what he does, but I've tried to read more books than I've ever gotten through. Right. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. You're so, like me. You prefer his movies. <laughs> I prefer the I prefer the movies that he directs. <laughs> so just the one. Hundred yeah. percent. Maximum overdrive. Yeah. All the way. <laughs> All right, John, cool. did you watch it? I watched uh, a new show called Kevin Can Fuck Himself. Have you guys heard of it? No. no, catchy, catchy title though. It's uh, it's a really cool concept. Um, I'll try to give it like a little brief explanation of it. Um, so I think the only person that you would, you guys would maybe recognize uh, would be uh, Annie Murphy. She is uh, the she's from um, Shit's Creek. Okay, I haven't watched. I haven't actually watched Shit's Creek. Yeah, she's Alexis, so she's the daughter um, in Shit's Creek. She's a Canadian actress. Um, this, also, is, this is a show? Yeah, it's a, it's a TV show. Um, she's a Canadian actress. Um, I really like her. I thought she was great in Schitt's Creek. Um, uh, Mary Holland is the other person that you might recognize their name, but um, it doesn't matter. Okay, so the show takes place in... It's this really cool setup uh, the, where it starts off... It's like a... It's lit like a sitcom right. with a laugh track, yeah. and it's all sitcommy regular stuff. Mm-hmm. But then when she's a, like, it breaks and it shows like the exact same stuff sometimes happening, but it's from her perspective, and she is in a gritty, depressing, <laughs> shitty like situation. It's kind of like her side of the right like, seeing seeing things through her perspective versus like. Is it how other people are supposed to be seen? Yeah, it, but she's or? but she's also coming to realize that like the world is kind of like this this system where it's it's everything's for him for Kevin. It all revolves around Kevin and what Kevin wants and what Kevin's doing, and it's nothing to, to do with her. And Kevin's actually a complete fuck up who like has blown all their money, so they can't move and buy a better house in a nicer area and all the all the stuff. I don't know. It's just it's really interesting. Um, from what if the story is. Correct from what I heard, um, it was spun out of the idea 
because there was a, a Kevin James show where they just killed the wife off. Oh. And replaced her with the wife from every, uh, his wife from the previous show from King of Queens. Oh yeah, Leah Remini. Leah Remini. Remini. Um, and they're like, they just killed her off because they're like, yeah, you can do that because she means nothing to the story. It's all about Kevin James's character and Kevin James's friends. So this act, this actress now just has no job because she's nothing. So this idea spun out of that where. These, this woman, these women have no actual point in the show other than to just. Oh, that's an interesting. Prop take. up the, the, yeah, it's really, it's an interesting, and then she starts having fantasies about killing him, <laughs> and it just gets dark. And, and this is like a regular network show, or this isn't. Um, no, it's not a regular network show. It's an AMC Plus show. Oh, AMC Plus, yeah, right. Another streaming service yeah. I need to get. <laughs> Another. This is AMC Plus. Um, yeah. So anyway, I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. I watched the first episode. The first two episodes are out and I think they're really cool. And a lot of really cool people that I, um, I really like, uh, write for it and are producers on it. Sean Clements from, uh, this other Hollywood handbook, my, my favorite podcast. He's on it. He's a, a, he's a producer and writer. And, uh, yeah, it sounds really interesting. Actually. Yeah. Uh, oh, but as an aside, do all these streaming companies, they're just like, Hey, we need to come up with a name for our streaming service. Ah, just call it whatever plus. Yes, it's <laughs> yeah. horrible and I hate it. Disney Plus, Apple Plus, this, I, I, Plus. There's there's another one here I'm not thinking of. It uh, blows my mind how willing major entertainment companies are to shoot themselves in their dick. <laughs> like whether it's music and how they dealt with streaming music instead of CDs or whether it's TV and how it's like who the fuck is going to be like, oh, no, I need to pay $9 a month for this new plus thing. It's like, no, this doesn't work. <laughs> it's We had peak, I think we had peak TV maybe like 10 years ago. Yeah. Everything was great. And since then, it's just like, fucking yeah, sucks. All the streaming shit is getting pretty expensive. Well, yeah, I mean, how can, how many services are people going to subscribe to? You're, yeah. I mean, obviously, these aren't all going to make it. Like, they're going to start. Some of them are going to start falling, and we'll be left with yeah, maybe but, two or three. Right? No, they're not going to. They're not going to make it. But they're all getting purchased by the same companies. Like, they're all. Yeah, being, yeah. They'll all just be consolidated into one fucking thing. Right? HBO. Like, HBO was purchased like a year ago, and then it was just sold. It was, it was purchased by AT and T, and then AT and T just sold it after starting HBO Max. Uh, and video streaming, and they 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 sold to Paramount, I believe. Oh yeah, because Paramount's coming out with their streaming service. Yeah, as well. it's like all yeah, but you got the, Peacock. That's that. like Hulu uh, if you're in America. Netflix is losing money; like they're not making money, and they're just they keep buying more and more and putting more and more stuff out because they just need to last. No, I've I've heard heard that. I've heard that. It's, uh, listen to. Um, I forget the name of the podcast I brought up multiple times, but I'm terrible when I'm put on the spot to remember things. Um, but they say that Netflix has already won. Netflix has already won. It's the the streaming wars are already over. Netflix I think is, I think at the end you'll you'll have Netflix. You might have Prime still, and you'll have Disney Plus, and that'll be it. Well, I I think they've already won, but it doesn't mean they're making money. I, like, I don't know. True. Like they're they're able it's to just on what they think they're gonna <laughs> people that basically invest what they think they're gonna yeah make. <laughs> if they're one of the last ones standing then they can gobble up all the rest yeah mm. but from what I understand um, like Disney's not going anywhere no Disney's not gonna go anywhere but uh, an age in 
Prime it probably isn't going to go anywhere because it's owned by the richest guy in the fucking world. Yeah, exactly. But um, Netflix... Who just bought G, uh, MGM. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. If Prime bought MGM's catalog, so all, they'll have all the Bond, yeah, bond so that's, shit, and they're going to make a James yeah. Bond TV show. And, yeah. Well, apparently, no, they're not going to... There'll be spin-off things. Come this on. Is, <laughs> I was talking to somebody today who said they listened to my pod, the podcast, and I said that I'd appreciate it if they didn't. Um, <laughs> Come on. He's doing anti-commercials anti yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, Anti-promotion. I'm like, oh, why oh you've you heard of Action Action? Fucking don't listen to them. I said, why did you do that? And they said, oh, I just, I really, I liked it. And I was like, oh, okay. And they're like, yeah, but I didn't finish it. I, like, I listened to like half an hour of it. And you guys didn't talk about the movie. <laughs> yeah. Has he listened to a movie it was podcast a girl, before? It was a woman. Okay. So oh, okay. way to go. You're going to get canceled now. <laughs> I'm, I'm perpetually canceled. Actually, I wouldn't be. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, um, on another note, have you heard about this Forever Purge movie? Oh, out? fucking stoked. Yeah, it's the it's last supposed to be the movie. final purge. It yeah. looks yeah, right. awesome. I it's not going to be the final purge. No, there's purge. no fucking way. No be the fucking final. way. Uh I think I saw like a photo of it. Yeah. Like, I don't know anything about it. It looks awesome. Why does it look? Can you show me? You looking at a picture? He's looking at some cowboy guy with the mask. Oh, no. I watched a trailer for this. Yeah. It looks nuts. Yeah, John, you're a resident purge expert. Yeah. Yeah. I like I liked the show. I like the movies. Uh, I think I've only seen the first two. Oh, do yourself a favor. <laughs> Pop yourself some popcorn. Sit down and watch them all. Oof. You don't even have to, you can watch you can watch them in either uh, chronological order or you can watch them in the time order. Of right, like, right, right, right. They, they don't necessarily happen in the. They happen it's all. It's like Saw, right? One mm -hmm. happens earlier. It's there's all kinds of complex timelines happening. So there's this thing I've never watched. I've watched the second Saw movie or the third Saw movie, and that's it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not watching I, I kind of in my mind they're like they're kind of like the same thing. Mm, Purge is better, I think. I've never seen any of the Saw movies. The so. Saw movie, I think I brought this well, up. I'll is, pick one next. <laughs> this woman falls into like a. Oh yeah, you said this last time. Yeah, the, the needles it disgusts me to no end. Um, well, let's talk about this fucking movie. Okay, let's roll the trailer. This chaos. A thousand people in an iron box. Eighteen years I've hated the train. Eighteen years I've waited for this moment. This is your world. The train saved humanity. The engine lasts forever. The population must always be kept in balance. I said sit down. Passengers, eternal order flows from the sacred engine. We must occupy our preordained position. I belong to the front. You belong to the tail. No, your place. Keep your place. Those bastards in the front think they own us. We'll be different when we get there. What do you say? We take the engine. And we control the world. When is the time? Soon. Precisely 74% of you shall die. 
Snowpiercer is a, is a 2013 science fiction action film uh, based on a French graphic novel. I think from like the is it from the 80s? I'm not sure. Uh, but it's directed by uh, by Bong Joon Ho, starring Chris Evans. Oh my gosh, uh, Song Kang Ho, Tilda Swinton, Jamie Bell, Octavia Speck, Spencer, a bunch of other people, Ed Harris, John, John Hurt, Hurt. Uh, Allison Pill. <laughs> yeah, so like it's pretty much. Um, let me read the, the tagline here or whatever. Uh, in a future where a failed climate change experiment has killed all life except for the lucky few who boarded the Snowpiercer, a train that travels around the globe, a new class system emerges. I mean, it's a pretty relevant movie. Then it's, I think, even possibly more relevant now as the, these usually these things become. Um, you're looking at dystopian futures in which... Yeah, this is uh, yeah definitely that post-apocalyptic dystopian sci-fi thing, and you know like uh, like the, I think the saying is any good science fiction isn't really about the future; it's about what's happening to us now. Yeah. right? It's just let's just consider for a second though how time is eroding right out from underneath of us because this movie came out eight fucking years ago already. I know, no shit. Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, I mean, we pretty much lost the last year and a half. I actually yeah. thought it came out um, earlier than this. Oh, really? Like in the, I don't know, 2006? Yeah, to me, oh. I feel like I just watched it after it came out, and it feels like that wasn't very long ago. Oh. Yeah, it really does not feel like it was long ago. Hmm. This is a a movie that was not as big as I think it should have been. It should have been a lot bigger. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I can't remember how it was marketed, but, uh, you know, it's a, a cross-cultural cast with a Korean director. Uh, based on a French comic book. So, you know, maybe didn't have the biggest appeal to a, a large audience. No. And Chris so- Evans wasn't like, he wasn't really fucking Mr. Captain America yet. Like, he'd already done, I think, the first Captain America movie at this point. But, like, those movies hadn't, ex- the Marvel, like, franchise hadn't exactly completely exploded yet. Yeah, this was the first movie, I think, that really introduced me to Bong Joon-ho. Yeah, you hadn't seen like the host, for example. I, 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 that's not true. I'd seen the host. I'd never actually. I'd watched part of it. I'd never finished the host. It was like I just watched part of it one day and then never watched it again. I had heard how great it was. Yeah, that's a fun monster movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen that many of his movies. I'd, I'd seen the host, and of course, I've seen Parasite now, uh, which came out after this. Yeah, I loved Parasite. I think I was one of my favorite movies of, which is another. Sneaky horror movie. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that's interesting about his movies. Like, he, he's very hard to pin down as, like, one thing. Like, mm-hmm. you could call Snowpiercer an action movie. You could call it a science fiction movie. And you've got all these, like, grim elements, but he's also got, like, comedic moments happening throughout this movie. And that's something he does in Parasite, too, where it's, like, a drama. There are horror elements, but then there's also, like, funny shit happening. Yeah. And it seems like you shouldn't be able to, like strike a balance between those different tones that are shifting in his movies. But he, I think that's one thing he's really good at. I mean, this movie, I don't know what I would categorize it as if I had to put it into one category. Yeah. I don't know if it would go in action. I say it's an action movie. I don't know. I mean, I would, I would, I would probably classify it as a science fiction movie first, but there's enough action in it. I think that you can, I mean, there is enough action in it. It's just, Yeah. It's yeah. I, I mean, think you're right. Like you can't really pin down action drama sci-fi. Yeah, 
It's not a comedy. It's not even a dark comedy. No, but there are there is funny shit in it. There is funny like, shit, but there's funny shit in so many dramas because that's, it, that's it, true. But it balance it makes the darker stuff even darker. That's true, but I, I just like the way that he does it because his topics are always very grim. Like you know, this is a like basically the only human beings left alive on Earth at this point are traveling in this train. Did we read the synopsis? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you just blacked out. And so, yeah, there's like only this, however many people are living on this thing, this perpetual fucking motion machine train that's going around the world continuously. And that's it. Everyone else is fucking frozen to death, right? Yeah. Um, and they're just traveling around this ice planet. Uh, so it's like it's very dark, but then he ha- has all these goofy things that happen at different times. Like Tilda Swinton's character brings a lot of the comedic aspects. Tilda Swinton is so amazing. Let's start off with the be- let's just start with the beginning of the movie. Like we yeah. start the movie off in the back, we're like introduced to like all the characters that are all dirty and they're all packed together in this like these train cars. Yeah, the um, tail, the tail end people that live in the back of the train. Yeah, but it's it's that typical. It's it, everything about so much of this is we've seen this a million times in other things. The way they introduce the characters with the kid and the they talk about a ball and the way they're eating food and how they're talking about a revolution, all of this stuff. We've seen this, this could have taken place in like you know France in like whatever time. This could be anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. Uh it's a it's a kind of a microcosm, right? Like looking at society, but what if all of society was just on this train, and then we have all the different classes and tiers and the different implications of that? But well, it's uh, a lot like Soylent Green. Listen to me, Hatcher. You gotta tell him Soylent Green is people. Oh yeah, the old movie. Yeah, can... yeah. Like it's it's a lot like that. Like even down to like what they eat. Right. I've never watched Soylent Green. It's a good movie. I watched it like last year. Protein bar things in this. Yeah. Now in Soylent Green, spoiler alert, they're eating people. Soylent Green is is people. Yeah, but it turns out these people have eaten people too, which leads us to one of the most, uh, what's the word, a speech to the end of the movie that stands out like such a sore thumb. You know what I hate about myself? I know what people taste like. I know that babies taste best. The dramatic Chris Evans moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, when I watched this the first time, I thought, wow, like, this is a really good movie. Like, I really enjoyed it. The second time watching it, like this time, I was like, it's still good. Like, I still enjoy it. But I'm like, eh, I don't know. For the most part, I liked it more on this rewatch than I did the first time. The first time I liked it, but then was kind of a little bit. Eh, on like the ending of it and that sort of stole some of its thunder for me right uh, and and yeah the ending isn't necessarily the best part we'll get into that stuff but like there's so much good shit going on that I was I was pretty into it this time when I was watching it well like is this one of those movies where you know the ending so it's just not gonna be as good the second time or the third time or the fourth time um, like it's well, kind it's not of like a real twist necessarily but yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, I, I didn't really love the ending the first time either. So, like, and then I didn't think about the movie that much after seeing it. 
Like when and when Parasite came out, I way I much preferred that when I saw it. Like the first time I watched it, I thought that's that's great. That's a great piece of filmmaking. Whereas Snowpiercer, I was like, yeah, that was decent. Yeah. But now this time, I I actually appreciated it more. I think. So. See, in this time watching it, I for whatever reason, and it could just be like my attention span or whatever, like the fact that I'm unsatisfied with so many things <laughs> in life. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm just like, uh, you know, I see stuff where they're going through all the different compartments and, you know, I, I start picking up on like, oh, well, where is this? And where is that? Oh, definitely. And, like there, there, are just some, like, there are questions to this, be answered. This doesn't <laughs> make any sense. And yeah, so. there, are, there are definitely things that don't make sense too that we can talk about. But just talk about the tail end of the car just for a minute before we get further out of there. Uh, I do like all the like set dressing, the costumes. It feels lived in like yeah, this oh, is yeah. a place where these people have been residing for some time like a very water world yeah total water yeah, world but, which as we well know done. i'm a big fan yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it looks amazing everything about it looks great it's like you you know exactly what's happening where you are who these people are what they're going to be in relation to the people that, that come in this like fascist like uh yeah, police people states. from the front of the car that come in like you know, tell them what to do, give them, they, you know, they're only allotted a certain amount of food and only certain type of food. Uh, and they, you know, if they break any rules, there are harsh uh, punishments for those things. So we're led to believe, uh, you know, I know we're going to probably jump around a lot, but we're led to believe that the reason they keep these people is because they provide children or whatever to, you know, whatever they need for the front of the train. Other than that, there's no real reason why. Yeah, they're just they exist to kind of be slave a slave class, right? But um, like, what do they provide other than children for the engine or the violinist? Or I'm sure I think it's know. just various things like that, right? Like, oh, we might need a person who has the ability to f- work on this thing. Or we might need them to procreate, so we'll have t- children in the future that we'll need to d- do, like you said, like work in the engine and also or whatever. We, they don't know what's going to happen. Something might change one day. Like we we see that the earth that the the snow is receding, so they might need a lower class at some point. Right, and they're not a big deal. Like they just feed them bugs. So it's not a big deal to like just keep them in the back. Yeah, the protein bars are made out of insects. And also, then, where are those coming from? Yeah, I don't know if they like. Do they catch them? Like that's a lot of bugs. I'm assuming they're harv. They're they're, well. They don't. They don't show all the. They don't show all the compartments. All the compartments. Because I mean, they go through a meat locker, but they don't show the cows and all that. And I think that this is where you're getting into graphic novel magic. Yeah, and uh, this is one of the things I was thinking about while watching it. Like, there are a lot of unanswered questions here. Like, we see where the tail end people live. That makes sense. They've right. got beds. They have like a community they're living in. But as they make their way through the cars, as the movie progresses, and we see all these other, we see an aquarium car and a garden car and a classroom car and a sushi car and a hot tub car, like a, a yeah, nightclub yeah. car. We see all yeah. kinds of shit. But there's, where the fuck are all these upper class people living? We don't see any cars. There's, there's one car that they go through where they just walk through and uh, 
Chris Evan look, looks in through a window and it's like some woman knitting or something. I don't know. But don't they? But ex- that's that's it. That's it. Yeah. Does the big conversation at the end? Doesn't it explain how like they need the back of the car? Yeah, the back need needs other? the front just as much as yeah. yeah so the well, front he's, needs the back. Uh, we re, the reveal at the end of the movie is that the train guy is Ed Harris, which I think is kind of funny. That would be him in the role. Uh, not because he's not good, he's he's great, he's Ed Harris, but it's just funny because he's also that same kind of role in Truman Show where he's the director of what's going on. Oh, yeah, yeah Truman Show. He's Fry's Kanga Hat or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, I thought that was interesting. But yeah, there, there there is a series now of Snowpiercer, and I wonder if that's a better... Like, I went, even though I enjoyed watching the movie, at the end I was like... This would make more sense as a series because you could get into all this kind of this, stuff. Yeah, this movie is about not... It's about world building as much as they have to build. And yeah. then everything else is just... And I understand... You gotta we, fill in the gaps yourself. I was bringing this <laughs> up... I brought this up all through the last movie. All through Ricochet. Mm-hmm. Which is like, but this doesn't make any sense. And it's just like, just go with it. Yeah, yeah. You just gotta go with you're, it. You're, yes, but I think... Th- I think that's true, but like a movie like Ricochet, it's just like a, a bonkers movie. So you're like, yeah, well, whatever. Like, who cares? Whereas like this is a, a more serious film that is like trying to reach a certain level. So then you're you kind of it's you hold it to a higher standard where you're like, okay, but what? Are, I'm not saying that those things ruin yeah. this movie by any means. I, I I don't know. I just go with it that it's just it's it's movie logic, it's graphic novel logic, where it's we see how long the car the, the train is right we obviously only go through a very very small number of yes yeah, so that's, that's the thing i'm sure it's supposed to be like they passed we didn't see the cars that all the people live in because obviously they don't live in the nightclub or the hot tubs or whatever right yeah and that might be all the people there are who knows like but i mean that's a good question where does the beef come from where are these insects coming from they've got the garden i don't know do they have insects living in the garden i, I don't know who like, knows uh, anyway, I don't we, know. Tilda Swinton shows up being complete in full Tilda Swinton mode to like grab a kid. Uh, oh, no. Well, no. before that, we have the we have this other sh- shorter woman who comes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and they're the you know, the guys are getting they're getting to be rabble rousers and they're yelling. And uh, one guy throws a shoe and hits this girl in the head. And so his punishment, that's when Tilda Swinton comes is they open up the hatch in the side of the train and they stick his arm out there. And then it like f- after seven minutes, she gives a great speech during the seven minutes yes. uh, about how they need to stay in their place and yeah. be grateful for what they have and all this kind of stuff. You wouldn't wear a shoe as a hat. Yeah. Right. He puts his, yeah. his shoe on his head and then at the end they pull him out, his arms totally frozen and they like break it off. Right. Uh, and that's pretty funny too. Not, I mean, it's brutal, but it's funny because in the background, as she's still talking, they're like, you can see them like sweeping up the chunks of his arm into a dustpan or whatever. But yeah, then they take uh, a kid who we've already been. Well, they notice to. that there's a child, and she's like, I think she just happened to be like, oh, you're the perfect size. Yeah, and they just take him. They take him, and then they reveal later. We find out. Then they're, they're also getting messages in their food. Yeah, they're getting these little messages sent from somebody up front about uh, the rebellion that they're going to plan to to get out of the back of the cars. So we learn that there's already been rebellions in the past and they've all failed. Because um, they have at this point, they're supposed to have been on the train for over 30 years, right? As it's circling. Yeah. Or no, 17 years, sorry. Because he, so, yeah. he said he was 17 he was when 17. he got on the train. Um, I was just agreeing with you. And it's been 17 years since he got on the train. 
So yeah, anyway, so. So you're supposed to believe, yeah, that there's obviously some kind of uprising coming. They're, they're planning all this stuff. They, they put all the, uh, barrels together. Yeah. And that's pretty, that's, that's pretty a smart idea. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. Once they implement the plan to see that stuff sort of unfold. Uh, yeah. So then once those gates are open and they decide now they're moving forward with their plan, then they run down the, the yeah. hallway like now and they all run down with the tubes so that the gates won't be able to close on them because there's all these different doors through each compartment of the train they can't get to. Yeah. And like that's your first glimpse of all like the other cars. Yeah. And you kind of see um, there's some like bunk beds, I guess, where the soldiers sleep or the guards or whatever. But yeah, so they does that bring them all though that brings them all the way to the prison. Yes, cuz they they need to they know there's a guy they want to break out of the of the prison slots which yeah. look like like morgue yeah, like drawers. Morgue. Yeah. yeah. Uh who is like the former head of security who's designed all the like doors and stuff. Right. So they need him to get through uh all these gates and that's uh Namgung Minsu, played by Song Kang Ho. Uh, he's also in Parasite and The Host. Uh, he's been in some Park Chan Wook movies as well, uh, like Lady Vengeance and stuff like that. So, yeah, he's a funny character because he's like this drug addict. Him and his, is his daughter, right? Yeah. It's his daughter, yeah. Because uh, she was born on the train, basically, after they got on there. Uh, they're both addicted to this drug. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like they huff it. It's like a. It's like a fuel kind of yeah. Like, looks, it's like huffing gas. Isn't basically. it like a waste product? It, yeah, it's some. some. It's a waste product from the train. Yeah. Uh, there's like these it's creepy like guys in the chronium. Oh, that's another, chronal or something. That's another thing they show. Is they show that there's like people living underneath. Is it not? Underneath, like were, the, were they living underneath the not underneath the train, but underneath their feet when they go get the drugs. Oh, maybe, yeah. Because there's a part where he opens up, like, a wall thing, and there's, yeah. like, a, a guy comes out of the... A guy that's all white, I think. Yeah, there's, like, people living in the walls and stuff, too. Can we get to the it's fun like a, stuff? It's like the Under Siege 2 uh, train, where you oh, have all yeah, these passes yeah. just to yeah, crawl exactly. through. I, I want to get to the fun parts, like, with the killing. <laughs> with the killing? The killing and stuff. Uh, well, that's basically what it starts after they manage to ram the barricade thing through. Yeah, now... I want to talk about all the axe fighting and the and the, and the, the Braveheart stuff. <laughs> okay, so so this train car is we're led to believe is just a bunch of guys that wear masks over their face holding axes. Yeah, there's one car just, that's just a bunch of guys that are really into S and M and bondage yeah, and stuff, like, and they uh, they have axes. This is always once again this is always the problem when you translate a graphic novel. You have this weird shit. That like oh I mean I don't it doesn't bother me I mean it's like oh there's just a guy a bunch of guys that stand around <laughs> waiting for something I mean I like it it's very graphic novelly but it just you have to accept this is yeah. just cool not that this makes sense yeah it's yeah. Just, yeah yeah exactly so okay say, there's some guys and then they have a like a giant fish that they gotta get their axes all bloody yeah i'm guessing can, it's like <laughs> some uh, ceremony some ritual maybe it's a ritual yeah i don't know i just kind of accept it all as it goes unless it's unless i don't like it and if i don't like it then i start looking for holes and why that's why maybe this movie isn't something that a lot of people can watch more than a couple times yeah i don't know like there's definitely a lot of stuff you can pick apart but then there's just so much like fun and inventive shit happening that it keeps me entertained the whole time as well. 
uh, once that you get, you get the axe fight. I mean, Bong Joon Ho. I don't think his his expertise is shooting action. Like it's not edited or framed in a way that's particularly exciting. The action stuff. Yeah, not really. It's also really close up. Yeah, most of, of it. The... Yeah, it kind of like as that fight progresses, it kind of slows down, and then there gets you get to have some cool moments of stuff in that. And where... then the lights go out. Yeah, and then they all yeah, they those guys the all have the tunnel. And they have night vision goggles. Yeah, Tilda Swinton comes and she's like, "Oh, now you're gonna get it." All this stuff and. Chris Evans like hucks his axe at her, and the one guy like blocks it so it doesn't hit her in the that face. That guy's that guy's super cool. And she's like, "You're you're in so much trouble." And then she like pulls out her little like binoculars to watch watch what's gonna yeah, happen yeah. to him or whatever from the end of the car. Everything she does is just so hilarious. Like just like a bizarre like she has this way of playing these bizarre characters, but then making them somehow seem like yeah, this is a real person that would be on this fucking weird train. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, Instead of like on the streets of New York. <laughs> right. And then you get um, the fire. He calls for the fire because the the match, the one match left or in the matchbook. Oh, that's at the end, yeah. isn't it? The, no, the like, last match. That's, no, that's the. That's in this. It's in the scene. That's how he stopped. That's how they oh, survive. Yeah. Right, right. And it's so cool because it's like the, the kid running. Like the with the, the Olympic torch almost. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. So they had this plan, right? So they knew that something like this would happen. So then they have that guy waiting to like light it back there and start running. And he passes it off. The guy that lost his arm takes it and he's like all gung ho about charging to the front. Is uh, that the plan? I think they just I think they just thought of it. They just thought of it. You I think don't so? think it was a plan to oh, know. It seemed it seemed to me that they like had that ready to no, go. No, because the the match only comes because they they take out um, yeah the prisoner the prisoner and he has like two matches in the matchbook and they're talking about how cigarettes haven't been seen in years right he's and, got a couple smokes except now that doesn't make sense at the end when he has one match well you know, maybe well, there's more than two that's matches that's why I said at the end that he's got one match but he uses there was two matches he lights a cigarette he lights with one. a cigarette with one yeah and then they light that torch with another one and then there's another one at the end so that's three okay fine but how does she get the matchbook then and yeah all that well at that point when they have the um night vision goggles on and they're starting to like just slaughter the rebels uh and then they even are sending people further back in the cars to like butcher tons yeah. of people um i don't know yeah how did how did the matchbook get back there i don't know that 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 part i thought that they that was part of their plan i don't think so <laughs> because no, think that so, kid either. steals the matchbook Right. Anyways, we're getting it's stuck in the weeds. Stuck here. in the weeds, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, point is, pretty cool. They run up with the torch. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, makes the night vision goggles uh, ineffective. And then uh, Chris Evans takes... Tilda Swinton. He yeah. gets her hostage. Mason so is that's her we, name. We haven't talked about Jamie Bell at all. He's like Chris Evans' little buddy. And he's pretty funny, too. He's got a lot of good lines. He's great. But he gets taken by one of the bad guys at that point. And yeah. so he has to decide, like, am I just going to let him die? So I can capture Tilda Swinton because she's like a big deal on the train. But we're led uh, to believe this guy's 17. <laughs> Jamie Bell. Yeah, he's definitely older yeah, than Yeah, 17 year old, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, All right. That's why I look like I was 17. <laughs> I really liked uh, his performance in this. Like, Yeah, he's good. He's the, he's the good, funny sidekick guy, right? But he dies so easy. He does, yeah. And, and it's, it's just like that's into it. Their, that's- into their plan. Yeah, I mean, what he Mark got, he, is, there's a we have a number of scenes like in the back of the car with him and stuff before they yeah progress, but he doesn't make it too far. No, and then after this, the next big like action scene is another really cool, fun scene. 
uh, in the school. Yeah, once they get to the, they've gone through a few of the cars after they manage to defeat the axe guys. They have Tilda Swinton hostage, and they proceed to the classroom car, where it's like this freaky elementary class going on, where they're teaching the kids about how great the guy is that does the train. What's his name? Like Wilford or something? Okay, yeah. so we have to we have to have time at the end because I have to read you yeah, guys Wilford. a pretty important theory. Oh, okay. Okay. Um. So, but if this was his plan all along, along with the guy at the back to get Chris Evans to the front, then why are they trying to kill him? Spoiler alert. <laughs> wow. This whole thing's a well, spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's. I don't know if his plan is really for him to make it to the front necessarily because he even says like you guys were not supposed to make it this far oh. we, we had accounted for every once in a while we find out later Ed oh Harris yeah, yeah. is like the one arranging these rebellions because they need to cull the herd every once in a while right there's too many mouths to feed on the train and all this so we've like way down the road we find out the little messages have actually been being sent by him to help inspire them to start this rebellion I mean, why wouldn't you just kill some of those ravers? Because they're, because <laughs> it's broken down into a complete class system in which it's not, a, it, it's about, at this point, it's, it's those people are superior. You don't kill those people. It's the same reason, but that you can say the same thing about what's happening right now. I know, why but don't it's we- about humanities. Uh, like, we're led to believe the conductor mm-hmm. is, is like God, right. and he decides. And yeah, his whole philosophy is like everyone is in their preordained, preordained position that they're supposed so to be this in. So it's a caste system. So, you know, in a, in a caste system, you're not going to be like, well, let's kill some of like the, you know, the, the, the people near the top. You're always just going to take out the people at the bottom because their lives are worthless. Their mm-hmm. lives don't matter. Like and like Tilda Swinton, she like worships him, right? And she's saying like, "Oh, like Wilford is generous. He's yeah. letting you live on his train." I, yeah, right. Like, not to bring up like old time radio, like I always do, but if you listen to like X minus one and stuff like that, uh, there are so many stories like this of like, um, it's like in the future there is uh, Earth is dead. You're in. You're, they're in a ship. They've actually lost all knowledge from before they were in a ship so they only have like post that so you're only told that you can only read books that are from then all the other books have been destroyed and then there's like a secret group of people who are clerks or whatever that know the true knowledge but it's their job to continue to pass down the knowledge of before but to not let anybody else know or else there will be rebellion and then there will be a rising up right so it's all about keeping people in their place it's like all it's like it's a fascism, and it's like it's like everything else. I mean, yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, it's like a mic. It's supposed to just be a microcosm of society in general, right? So, like, mm-hmm. if Ed Harris is God, and there's people living on this earth who have nothing and are like looked at as worthless, and they're starving, and they're just kept in that position because it's beneficial to everyone else that they stay there. Um, and it's like, well, yeah, but you should just be grateful to God because you're allowed to, you're, you're alive. You're, you're allowed, allowed to be to alive exist. on this planet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's just a small way of looking at that where everything's contained in this one space. Right. But, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about Alison Pill. Yeah. She's hilarious as the weird teacher. As the weird the teacher classroom. who pulls out like a gun. Yeah. If we find out, cause this is the theory they had when they decided to start their rebellion was like, oh, there are no more bullets. 
they used them all in the in the last rebellion chris evans comes up with this idea that he thinks they don't actually have any bullets in their guns they're just using them to threaten everyone and And that's true in the back yeah like they didn't necessarily have any there but that's not because there was none left but maybe they were conserving them or whatever so we find out they do still have some bullets you think um, that if they can grow cattle, they can make bullets, but yeah, yeah. I guess you think you, you just have a bullet manufacturing car or something. That would be a waste of space, though. <laughs> like the like the hot tub car no, <laughs> or no. the sushi car. That makes sense. <laughs> Man, I want to eat that sushi joint. <laughs> it's very exclusive, John. It looked, no, I don't think you can make it in good. there. It only happens what twice a year or something like that. She said it might have been once a year. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Uh, yeah, but that stuff's fun, and then they—that's when they send the, more of them back with guns to like slaughter even more of the of the tail section people. Right, and then Tilda Swinton buys it there because uh, Chris Evans is pissed, and they they shoot. Doesn't uh, does it Octavia? No, Octavia Spencer gets hurt in the next part. Yeah, he kills. He shoots her in the face, Tilda Swinton. At that point, and this is oh, that's why because they killed John Hurt. We haven't really talked about John Hurt at all. He's like the old leader of the people in the tail section, right? Um, and they show on camera that they kill him. Yeah, and so then Chris Evans is like super upset about that because that's like his mentor. So the two guys that are like guarding, like they're like the leaders of the army or whatever, like the security. They're called Franco the Younger and Franco the Elder. Okay, the guys with the suits. Yeah, the... one does. One of them dies. When do they die? One of them dies after he kills Jamie Bell. He tries to rush forward when they have That's Tilda right. Swinton, and um, the security guy's daughter. She like puts that that pole up, and he gets like impaled on it. Right. And then there's another line when the the other one that survives. When do they take that shot? Yeah. So later on, he he's marching up to the front of the car again. And there's a point and he knows where there's going to be a big turn in the track and that the trains, like if you're far enough ahead on the cars, you're going to basically be looking across at each other and they have that like shootout through the windows. That was fucking cool. Yeah, that was a cool idea. That was really cool. Uh, that is one thing I appreciate too, is just like the way that the train moves and stuff. Like even when you're in a car, you can see, you can see the car ahead of it. Like if the doors open, like you can see the, it turning and moving properly, like all that detail. Mm-hmm. Definitely gives you the the good feels about being in the environment and stuff. It was kind of nice that, you know, they were able to shoot through the glass and then actually some snow got in because, oh, yeah. you know, watching the movie, you don't really think about it, but it's very claustrophobic because yeah, you can't just in this space because right? every car is the same size. You're not going to be in a space bigger than that car size so the whole movie is that mm-hmm. it's kind of, i like stuff like that i like that kind of i mean i don't know if this counts as a bottle like or it's like a bunch of bottles tied together but like well yeah i don't think it can be a bottle when the entire world is a bottle yeah like a bottle would be like um one room what's usually, the fucking movie we watched not that long ago the shootout oh free fire free yeah. fire yeah but it is cool just being in you're confined to one area and you have to tell your whole story inside of that area. Bottle episodes don't usually have a, uh, a sushi bar uh, <laughs> and a school. Well, there's a lot of different and, rooms, but you're still like, yeah, you're still in a small space, relatively speaking. Yeah. I mean, at this point, they're what? Rushing through all these cars like the sauna, the pool area. I think the sauna area is where they have that fight where they... 
Yeah, the sauna is when the, that guy finally catches up. He with catches them, up the suit guy, um, and he's obviously a pretty bad motherfucker because he takes down most of them by himself. Yeah, uh, he's got he's knocked out Chris Evans and he's about to like kill him. But there's that we haven't even talked about that other little guy who's like the kind of badass fighter guy. That, yeah, it's on their side. And he comes in and he just like sticks his hand out and the knife goes through his hand right before it's going to like go into Chris Evans. Uh, and he's, he's pretty awesome. He's those moments earlier where he like dangles from the roof and like breaks the guy's neck with his legs and stuff. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know why he's not using that more. Yeah. I mean, you see him in some of the ax fighting scenes and stuff, but because of the way those scenes are shot, it's not like, you know, you get a ton of good looks at what he's doing. Yeah. So then, you know, you think that guy's dead. At that point. Right. Because he gets stabbed in the side by Chris Evans. Yeah, Chris Evans wakes up and, like, sticks him in. Um, And then they go from that to... Octavia Spencer dies in that scene, and she, you know, they she looks at her drawing. That We have that one little weird guy that draws all the charcoal pictures oh, of everyone yeah, yeah. and stuff. Who's from Twin Peaks. Oh, right, he's in Twin Peaks, yeah. Yeah, so he hands over... Uh, he hands over his draw the drawing of the sun, and she looks at that before she dies. Because they they want to get the little boy back. That's also part of the big like motivations of what they're doing too. Yeah, we didn't talk about earlier too when it shows like when they hit like a solid piece of snow that is covering the tracks, like the way that the front of the train is designed so that it'll like yeah. drive through that. But like there's a huge jolt and like everybody kind of goes flying. You think that that like that ripple has to run through like. Yeah, the whole the whole train, right? Yeah. Well, it shows multiple times that um, the train almost comes off the tracks. Yeah, it shows it going around like corners and stuff like so, that, and it's like it's like how many times a year does this shit happen, and they still are on? the I don't know. All I care about is what happens this one time. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what happened before. I'm on this ride to get from the back to the front once. I'm never going to go back on this train again. What happens then? We've gone through all these cars. They go through the rave. We ate the sushi. Uh, that's a, the sushi scene he makes. Tilda Swinton eat one of the the, uh, the protein bars. bars. Protein bars. And he's yeah. like, you know, not for you. You get the fucking protein bar. He puts the shoe on her head. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they go through the rave, and then they're collecting all that whatever drug. Yeah. Explosives. Chronal or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, and then they get to the door. We're just down to Chris Evans and uh, the security guy and his daughter at this point. Yeah. Basically, of the rebellion, like everyone else has been wiped out, yeah. basically. And then pretty much, yeah. He talks to Wilford. Well, he gets invited in. He's he invited, s- yeah. Sends out that little short girl again, and she's got a gun, and she brings him in, and we have his come to God, his come to Jesus moment there, <laughs> where he finds out rebellion is all prearranged. John Hurt is like his counterpart that works in the back of the train and they supposedly have planned all this together. Which is like, why would he do that? It's because this is all about just, it's, it's all about this post. There is no earth. There's everything that we know, everything that we would, way we would act is gone. So it's all these two men who have created this and then it benefits some so those people have helped push down the others who it doesn't help and that doesn't matter they can stay in the back and this it's it's you have to like get rid of almost this complete idea of how society runs now i know but this guy in the back that you know 
has chopped his arm off because we get the story of Chris Evans, how there used to be this gang that would go around and eat children, eat babies because they tasted the best. And then, yeah, well, that's definitely true. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Like that fresh, fresh, fresh meat. Oh, man, like the fucking road. <laughs> yeah, the oh, road. yeah, the road. Oh, I read that's that. A, that's a good movie. I read that book once. <laughs> I mean, yeah, another post apocalyptic, uh, brutal fucking story. Fucking brutal. That book is brutal. Yeah. So much more brutal than the movie. And that movie is not fun. I. I have read and seen the movie and I can't like differentiate them in my mind anymore. I think there's just a little, like, they just go a little further with like hmm. the nasty actions yeah. of some of the, the The movie's pretty crazy. Yeah. I remember the movie being pretty good. Maybe I'm, I could be remembering it wrong too. Um, I mean, they kill somebody and then gut them and leave the guts. Right. At one part. But why movie. would they do this? It's because John Hurt has bought into this, this idea this of idea balance. Of balance. We have to keep yeah. this it's, balance going. Don't think of it as as people like you and I. Think of it as members of like a Nexium. Like I can't think of it like that. But you have to because that's what it is. It's a cult at this point. It's Scientology. It's whatever. Yeah, I understand. I understand that. The fucking but David Miscavige has his own wife on some barge somewhere. He has his own snowpiercer. He, he <laughs> flying a, around the world. He has a snowpiercer just going from port to port. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's gonna have a bunch of fucking suppressives in the back <laughs> when he gets it going. So I mean, anyways, they, Chris Evans tells a story about how he was the leader of this gang that would eat babies the worst those those are the worst i mean baby eaters almost as bad as angel rapers i almost (laughs) wish that he was still eating babies instead of telling me the story i mean it's pretty like yeah i know that the babies taste or the the, taste the best or something like that he says they're the the best ones he says well you you know why i hate myself because i know that babies taste the best or whatever uh I, I, and doesn't Ed Harris be like, hell yeah, they taste the best. <laughs> so what do you think that steak was you just ate? <laughs> That's what I thought. That I honestly be. thought that he was going to be like, yeah, that that's what the steak is. But that could be. I don't know. I never even thought of it. I don't know why I didn't think of it. That's what I thought it was going to be because I thought I didn't see any cows. I do like to. And he's like, yeah, there are no cows. But then he's like, uh, he's like, what do you mean? Like, anyone on the train would fucking trade places with you right now. And he's like. He's like, you think my life doesn't have its own hardships? It's noisy up here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's noisy up here. Uh, oh, God. Um, but it seems like Evans is kind of like considering it because he's like, I'm old. You have to take my place. Like, you're the suitable person to be the new yeah. train master. Uh, and he seems like he's considering if it, whether or not he should go along with this. But then once they open the floor and we see that the little boy is in there like having to do some operation with the train to keep it running because the part is broken and they can't replace it. Yeah, which is fucked up. Yeah, and then sure. that other kid comes out and he's just like... He's like a zombie. Zombi- yeah, zombified. Yeah. He goes and gets into that part of the train to operate it. And- but then he puts his arm in like, there's a chair right there. Just break the leg off. And I mean, you're <laughs> Captain hurry, America. James. Let's go. <laughs> Stick your shield down there. Yeah. And block the thing. <laughs> yeah, so he loses his arm. Uh, just like John Hurt, right, has lost his. Um, oh, the symbolism. Full circle. Yeah. Does he shoot him or 
did he shoot Wilford or no the what happens there? the train crashes because they set off the explosives um and isn't there something there where they something gets stuck in the gears or something they throw that one dude in there once because he comes back the guy that didn't die the suit guy yeah he fights with uh there's an epic battle yeah and then meanwhile she's trying to get the match to light the the uh like they've made the explosives out of the drug yeah um so there's like a bunch of shit happening at once there but then when the train like starts to crash doesn't ed harris say have some weird funny line where he's like oh damn or something like that i don't know somehow talking about this movie has made me forget everything about this movie (laughs) well it's like a weird movie because it has all these different things that it's trying to do and tones it's trying to get across and themes it's trying to explore so it's a bit bit messy talking to james makes me be like is this even good exactly (laughs) like i i think it is but i feel like i'm falling for your cult because it's like (laughs) you have such a lack of enthusiasm about this film like we like the fucking axe fighting scenes are that like all that shit um, it's so like epic. It's yeah, so that, that awesome. Is awesome. I mean, there's some really cool stuff there. I, I was talking about how I don't think he shoots action necessarily in an amazing way, but there is cool stuff happening there. And when they put on the night vision goggles and we get the first person camera view yeah. through the goggles and we're seeing like people get hacked up and stuff like that's all really cool. All that stuff was really stuff. cool. Like the, the gun shoot through the glass was really cool. Like the mass fight scenes are really cool. There's also so many people fighting in such a small area. Like you were saying, like James was saying, it's a claustrophobic. Yeah. And the, I yeah. like the story is super interesting to me. And like how these, he people, does get across the chaos of what a, a fight like that would be in such close. Yeah. Quarters. yeah. And how these people like are making these decisions. Like I understand James, like you, you are like, I don't understand why they would do this. Why would they do that? And to me, it, this movie, even though the choices that the characters are making are so bananas, it makes logical sense to the themes of the movie that they would do this because if we stop, like I said, we stop looking at them as human beings that are a part of a society and all people who are in a cult, at all of them are in a cult, even the ones who think they're not in the cult, right? Even Chris Evans' character is someone in the cult where he is considering it. Like, we are all trapped here. We're all claustrophobic. This has to run. because The this system th- has to keep going, right? If the system like, that's the whole concept is like, the system has to continue to perpetuate itself because if we try to change things, it'll all fall apart. Only and that's why we have to keep it how it is. Yeah. We gotta keep people where they belong and we gotta keep just, just keep but doing the, this. But there's only one person who doesn't believe that. The only person who doesn't believe that is the security expert. He knows... That no, there is another way, and the other way is is to leave the take, train. Take this fucker off its take tracks. The, take this fucker <laughs> down because he's like, we can survive. I know, but that in itself is kind of odd. He's been in prison for how long? How would he know that the snow has melted he, that much? Because he knew he didn't know it was gonna. He, he knew that it had melted before. Because he at, says, look at that plane, or I saw yeah, that he plane. he sees that plane wreckage every year. Every I could year. only see the, the tail. Thing. Last time he saw it. So he knows, he was in the, he was on the train watching it, and he's like, I see something different, I can't quite tell, is it actually changing? He goes to prison, he comes out, and he's like, I was right. It was receding. And it has receded this much since the last time I but, saw it. And that's what kills Ed Harris is that when he sets off the explosion, it causes the avalanche. And then that's what fucks up the train. And mm-hmm. then everyone just goes like flying, right? seems like the only people who have survived at the end are security guy's daughter and the and little boy. the boy, yeah. Right? 
and then they're saying that her name is Goasong Yona. Yeah, they're a new Adam and Eve. Like that's they represent that. (laughs) Oh shit. That's what they represent as right. in they're the rebirth of this new world. Well, that's what I thought right at the end. I'm like, it's all, how is this going to play? It's out? all about symbols. Okay, well, and then we see the polar bear, and I assume he just comes along and eats them right after that. Well, <laughs> can, I, can I read yeah, you guys the, Coca-Cola? the end of that? If, can I read you guys something uh, about this movie? Um, have you guys heard of the Snowpiercer is a sequel to Willy Wonka? <laughs> Conspiracy theory? I have not. No. Do you mind if I read this? It's just a couple of paragraphs. Sure. Yeah. All right. So this is from ScreenRant.com. I think I read this on Reddit or something first. Like we're all fucking. We all have no souls. Shit comes from. Okay. So Snowpiercer is a sequel to Willy Wonka. Let me read this and interrupt me if you want to say anything. The theory is this. Willy Wonka was built. Sorry, has built a completely isolated factory from the outside world, meaning is entirely self-sustaining. In addition, he specializes in producing unusual foods and experiments, experimental model, modes of transportation. These are skills that he passes on to Charlie Bucket, who is conti- who is to continue Wonka's legacy. This leads Charlie to abandon his original name and take on that of Wilford Wonka to honor his mentor. Years later, during the time Snowpiercer takes place, he builds a self-sustaining train, foreseeing the devastated effects of the CW7 gas that is the cause of the external winter in the film. However, in order to keep the train self-sustaining, he has to go to extreme measures to maintain the population, ordering the execution of certain percentages when it gets too high, or orchestrating revolts to maintain, as Wilford says, anxiety and fear, chaos and horror in order to keep life going. With this in mind, Charlie Buckets, who is now known as Wilford Wonka, uh, has used tactics and skills he learned from his mentor, as seen in the tunnel scene in Willy Wonka, to create a world of decadence and imagination on a train, just as Wonka once did with his factory. He then goes even further by borrowing Wonka's method for finding a success successor by hiding messages in food. In this case, in the eggs meant for Curtis, just as Wonka, I don't know why he says eggs, but um, there's that scene. Oh, that's the eggs one scene. Sent. Yeah. Just as Wonka put golden tickets in the chocolate bars. Nevertheless, in, if this theory is true, where are the Oompa Loompas from Wonka's factory? <laughs> the tiny people that were responsible for running and maintaining his machines. Entering, inter, interestingly, Wilford mentions that whatever kept his train engine running recently went extinct, forcing him to employ small children as he does in Snowpiercer. Not only does this explain the absence of the Oompa Loompas, but also thematically highlights the ending of both films, that children will inherit the future. (laughs) And if you think about it, that's the logo for the train, that W. (laughs) Well, shit. I mean, that's pretty accurate. I was thinking... Who the fuck built this thing? Why? It's idle. It's, it's Wilford a, built it. Yeah, he but was obsessed wh- with trains from a young age. Yeah, but why? Like, why a self-sustaining train? Fucking look at look at like, Bezos and 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 uh, that fucking psychopath Musk. Yeah, like these. Yeah, but people, they're going to Mars, John. They're going to Mars. <laughs> you not, know what? If although he, he is building, what's that tunnel? Uh, oh my god. What's that fucking tunnel rocket he's building? This guy sucks. I saw a really good thing where they're like, you fucking pussy. You think you're so great? You want to go to Mars? You want to go to space? We've been to space. Go to the bottom of the ocean. Figure that shit out. You're not going to the bottom of the ocean, are you, Musk? 
No, James Cameron That's James already Cameron's went there. Job, yeah. yeah, yeah, but we don't know. <laughs> shit. We, we still don't know jack shit about it. Ah, it's boring. Anyway, I this is obviously a crazy conspiracy theory, but I really like it. it it's a fun. It's theory. really yeah. fun. <laughs> and Makes sense to me. I like it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So I the, mean, I think we just rate the movie. Ratings. My pick overall, I like this movie. Uh. I gave it an eight for reaction and overall gets a 7.4. Yeah. And I gave it a seven for reaction overall 6.6. I also had an eight for reaction and I'm a 7.2 for score. So that gives it a 7.1. No, is it really? That's crazy. That's high. That's pretty high. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is like, while I'm watching it, I'm like, this is a, it's a really good movie. I don't know if it's a really good action movie, but it's a really good movie. Um, I think there are a lot of flaws, a lot of things you can take apart. I'd be interested to check out the, the TV series at some point to see if they get into more of the well, it's a, sort of world building aspects. Uh, it's like a detective show, I think. It's like about oh, it? a murder on the train, I think. Oh, okay. Well, that's not, that doesn't sound as fun to me. Uh, yeah, so this gives it a murder tie. Murder on the Snow's Piercer Express. With a bunch of movies. Uh tie with uh, Kung Fu Hustle The Driver Die Hard with A Vengeance and Fists of Legend hmm. and this is Kung Fu Hustle at 41 yeah 41 um you guys got any feelings off the bat oh, it's kind of hard I mean it, uh, it could behind sl- all of them behind all of them for James that's that's mine uh sorry can you read oh Kung Fu Hustle The Driver Die Hard with A Vengeance Fist of Legend is yeah. that what you said I maybe would agree with that just because I think it's, you know, it's a better movie than say Die Hard with a Vengeance, but it's not a better action movie than any of those movies. I don't think so. We got to look at some of these movies, guys. Oh, I know. Our movies are, I'm looking at this list and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Cause right now this is, this right now this is above. You the, wanted a list. You got a list. Right now this is above. <laughs> This is ahead of The Born Identity, Dog Soldiers, Lethal Weapon, They Live. I mean, there's no way it should be ahead of Lethal Weapon. That's Drug just, War. we got to live with what we've... Like, full <laughs> contact? we got to live with this monster This is created. ahead of The Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. This list should be set on fire. <laughs> well, that's... I mean, I said 6.6 is my... Yeah, I, what did you give... Um, you said 6.6 for this. I'm just going to look back and see what you gave The Assault on Precinct 13. Uh, you, gave, you gave 6.6. Is he 6.6 or 6.4? I gave 6.4. 6.4. So you gave this higher than Assault on Precinct 13, which I think should be yeah, a but war I'm not, crime. I'm not here defending Assault No, I know. That's the thing, guys. When we do this, shit just ends up where it ends up. And, and we got to oh, live with I it. Oh, I know. I know. I mean, we can we can reevaluate certain things later if we want, if we want to do one of those episodes where we... I just find this movie hard to view action-wise. I know there's enough action in it. I just... It's not. It's not I, primarily not, an action movie, right? Okay, this is what I want to say. I want to say this. It sounds to me like you, for whether it's there or not, I'm not saying that like you're wrong in any way, but but you're wrong. No, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm absolutely not saying you're wrong. I'm saying that you're, for whatever reason, you're you're just like I. This I just do not get this movie. No, I, not, I get the movie. No, but like you, what I mean is like. I don't. I'm, I know this sounds like it's in a negative way because there's sometimes like there's movies like da- David Lynch. Dustin was talking about right. It, like it's just like this. It's not just, my. It's not your cup of tea, if you will. Yeah, yeah. 
Because well, I bet you there's people who fucking love this movie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, for, for sure. sure. I think I think Bong Joon Ho is an incredible filmmaker. I think he achieves a lot of the same themes he was going for in Snowpiercer in a more convincing way in Parasite. But that's like a totally different type of movie, right? Like, uh, there's more drama in Parasite. There's more opportunity to explore those themes. Whereas Snowpiercer, we've got this concept that we're locked in this train going through all these different cars. And so we only have so much time to do that kind of stuff to get it across. We have all these other things happening. Um, and that's like, that's what I like about his movies is that they're this mishmash of all this stuff, but it's also in this case, you know, it takes away a little bit from getting a totally cohesive final product. Yeah. And I don't know this movie, watching this movie, it just makes me think like any of the like, comic book movies like the marvel movies should those be action movies or are they just yeah I comic mean, book movies right they're, they're their own genre at yeah this point, right? like i i don't know like they're kind of like a completely different category and it's hard to cl- i know there's lots of action in them yeah <laughs> but it's hard to classify it as an action movie it's a comic book movie mm-hmm. I, I don't know yeah i get what you're saying uh it's a weird thing to reckon with because we have the system we have that we've we've got to keep the system going, guys. We have to well, keep we, it. If, yeah. if we don't keep doing it, and it's all falls to apart. Cut his arm off. <laughs> no, I'm not cutting my arm off. <laughs> uh, so wait, so then it goes, it goes behind all those me. movies, right? Is that what we decided? Behind yeah, I'll put the, it behind him. Behind yes. Fist of Legend. Yes. Ahead of the Born Identity. <laughs> Psychotic. <laughs> the, the problem with reviewing things and doing the things that we're doing is that. It can be on the whim of the way you're feeling at that day. Of course. It's, it's it's on the whim of how you're feeling that day. It's three different people's scores average together. And it's we come you come at these things, you watch one of these a yeah. different day, you feel different about it. I think right? it's crazy. I bet you if you look at um like uh I uh like Rotten Tomatoes, not the fresh score, but you look at like the score that people gave it. I bet you we're more in line with the majority of films than we think we are with like what the critics or whoever gave it. I think we're, we're closer than we think at times. Let's do this. Oh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Please check us out on Instagram. um, Unless we've been deactivated again. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, check us out there's a link tree to all of our stuff our uh, our letterboxed and our list that you guys can uh, send emails to Dustin about and uh, we'll see you next week